live from Buffalo Wild Wings. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Here's your boy Q. And here we are kicking off our number two of the show live from Buffalo Wild Wings, 190 West Craig Road here in Las Vegas. We're joined on the phone lines by our good friend Amber Theo Harris from SiriusXM Radio, also Raiders.com. And Amber, thanks so much for your time. It is so crazy to me to be in the bye week right now and the Raiders sitting there at one and four because, and we've talked about this before, this does not look like a one and four team, but as they are on the record, they're one and four. What are your thoughts on what you see in the first five weeks yeah it's it's difficult and you know we kind of have this bye week to regroup so I think it it came at a good time actually because I really do think that the Raiders are going to come out and they possibly could rattle off four wins hopefully be five and four going into week 10 which I think they very realistically could be but you know you sit back and, and you you know you watch all these games so closely and Look, I'm never somebody, I've said this very publicly, anybody that listens to any of my radio shows, anything I do, um, with my credibility on the line, I don't, I don't blow sunshine, you know, when mm-hmm. there's no sunshine to be blown, right? right? I'm, yeah. I'm a realist. Yep. And, and, and I mean it when I say I've covered a lot of, I mean, a lot of football. I've doing this over 20 years. I've seen a lot of teams. This is the best one in four team I've ever seen. And I put this out there. Uh, on Sirius XM NFL Radio, I said, look, somebody, you know, come at me. I want you guys to come at me with this. Tell me, if you're a football team, whatever your football team is, you're a Packers fan, you're a Ravens, whatever you are, if you had a choice right now to play the 4-1 and Giants, the 4-1 and Vikings, or the 1-4 and Raiders, which one would you pick? Mm, that's a good one. I, I would much rather play the Vikings or the Giants because I think I have a better chance to beat them than the Raiders. The Raiders are a tough team that have just had some bad breaks and had a very tough uh, first five games. I mean, one of the toughest schedules in the NFL through five games. So I I say that honestly, that I think they're a better football team uh, than the record shows, and I think it'll kind of level out as the season goes on. It's a team that's trending upward. You can't have a guy like Josh Jacobs that can put 154 yards on the ground, uh, you know, after a 140-yard week. Uh, you can't have a Devontae Adams that has two 100-plus, you know, yard games back-to-back and is a game-changer. You can't have probably the best pass rusher right now in the NFL, and I say that because he's tied from the league, mm-hmm. league lead in sacks, is Max Crosby. You just can't have these kind of game-changers on your team and not get some Ws. I think they've been a little snake-bitten just with a play here or there. If Devontae Adams makes that catch you know it's a 16 yard gain it's a first down and that's a catch he usually makes yeah he controls you know and we're talking about a totally different situation if josh jacobs gets one more half an inch Mm -hmm. they they convert the two-point conversion it's just uh i think it's just a lot of bad luck um a lot it's them shooting themselves in the foot most of the time i don't think other than i think the chargers maybe you could argue beat them but i feel like they beat themselves in every other game I agree. And so that's, that's a positive. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, nobody's coming out and beating this team. Not even the Kansas City Chiefs, who are one of the top two best teams in the AFC right now. You know, everybody's looking at this Buffalo-Kansas City game coming up and th- saying, okay, this is a preview of the AFC championship game. Well, the Raiders just almost went into Arrowhead, which I have covered a game in every single stadium in the NFL. It is one of the toughest places to play on the road and lost by one point. 
So I think Raider Nation should keep the faith and be encouraged. No, I, I agree 100%. And it's crazy. It sounds weird that, you know, okay, we're just trying to, you know, pump up the team. But it's not like that. I mean, the team, like you mentioned, is very talented. And, and your reputation, my reputation is way too valuable to be that person, right? To be that person is just going to try to pump sunshine, like you mentioned. But, you know, you, you talked about the encouragement. How encouraged do you think the team is in general knowing? I mean, of course, there's no moral victories. But knowing exactly what you just said they did, they went into Arrowhead and went toe-to-toe with the Chiefs and really had them stunned for a while until they didn't, until, you know, everything kind of fell apart in the second half. But how much confidence do you think that gave the team moving forward? I think it had to give them a lot of confidence. And you're around the team, you know, you see these players, usually a one-and-four team, I mean, they're pretty down. Right. You know, they're pretty, their head is not in the right place. Uh, They seem defeated before they even go out there. That's not the case with these Raiders players right now. They seem very cool, calm, and collected. They feel like we got this. Uh, They have confidence. I do feel like they have confidence. I think they had confidence going into Arrowhead to Mm -hmm. be able to play like that in the first half. So this is a team that believes in itself and knows that, you know, they've had some bad luck. They just need to make a couple of changes. But they have got the foundation of a really good football team that could be great by midseason if they rattle off a couple of these wins here over teams that, quite frankly, they should beat. I agree 100%. Again, we're talking with Amber Theo Harris here on Radio Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. Now, I think that that game really uh, was uh, was on a, on a swivel and just kind of changed all the momentum once that Chris Jones penalty, that, that rough in the passer, you know, the, the strip sack that he got that was reversed. And, of course, that worked out for the Raiders, except for it didn't, right? I feel like that everything, no. the momentum changed for the Chiefs after that happened. Did, did, what do you think about the roughing the passer penalties and, and the way that everything is being? I feel like policed right now by the officials. Well, uh, full disclosure, I thought it was a horrible call. You know, what was Chris Jones supposed to do in that situation? Now, I fully understand the rule book. I'm not stupid. I know the rules. I know that you can't put your whole weight on a quarterback. Um, But if one arm is going for the ball and trying to make a play, it's kind of hard to completely brace yourself. So how are you expected to, like, try to make a play and then also try to put the... Think in your mind as a pass rusher, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to protect the quarterback at the same time and do this alligator roll thing or whatever they <laughs> teach them to do. Right. And you're, th- oh, oh, by the way, you're 300-whatever pounds. Mm-hmm. Have you heard of something called, like, you know, inertia? Like, it's, it's, it's a force that's moving. You can't just stop all of a sudden. And so I thought it was a bad call. Uh, even though it was against the Raiders, it was a bad call. Right. The, the Kansas City Chiefs had every reason to think it was because it was. It, uh, now, according to the rules, technically, it was a call that could have been made because he put all of his weight on him, but not a call that you want to see um, refs make. But, like you said, at that moment, you know, that seemed like a great call. Keep that drive alive. The Raiders paid for that the rest game yep. with with the refs calls it was like the refs and i'm again I'm not a raiders apologist mm-hmm. i'm not rah-rah raiders here i'm speaking from an objective nfl standpoint i've covered a lot of games there was no doubt and you saw the response in the national media too that the raiders paid for that mm-hmm. there was a lot there was a, there was more than one makeup call right uh against the raiders for that so the officiating was just bad, but the, the officiating wasn't the difference in the game. That, that wasn't what won or lost the game. So I think it's kind of a moot point when we're discussing um, that game. But the roughing the, the passer, I mean, when it comes to Tom Brady, there's mm-hmm. a different set of rules. There always has been. I mean, 
I, I feel bad for defenders. You don't know what you can and can't do. You're, you're told to do your job, which is to rush the passer, but then how are you expected not to fall? It's a contact sport. How do you not? How do you stop 300 pounds from falling onto the ground? Right. How do you stop that? You don't. Full <laughs> you can't. You don't. No. So, what was Chris Jones supposed to do? That that was just my reaction. What do you want from him? Right, and you know the thing—he made a great play. Yeah, no, he did. It was it was excellent. I mean, not only did he sack Derek Carr, but he stripped him too. I mean, I mean that was a that was a great play for Kansas City. But you know, the fans got into it, so all of a sudden they're fired up because they were quiet right up until that point. They were quiet mm-hmm. because the Raiders had dominated. So I just felt like all the the energy in Arrowhead shifted to the Chiefs' side with that bad call. But you know, Amber, I saw in that game as well, Max Crosby sacked Patrick Mahomes, and he basically bear hugged him didn't even take him to the ground so that was great on his part that he didn't do that and get the penalty but what if Mahomes shakes out of there and then all of a sudden makes one of his great plays then it's like well why didn't Max take him to the ground so I feel like defenders in general not just Raiders but defenders in general are in a bad bad position right now I 100% agree I know exactly the play that you're talking about and I thought the same thing I'm thinking throw him to the ground Mm -hmm. he can't get out so he can't get back you know he can't get back up and just thinking, well, if I slam him to the ground, I'm going to get penalties. I'm trying to play smart football. So when you have a mobile big quarterback, I mean, Patrick Mahomes is not a little dude. Right. You know, he's not Baker Mayfield. Like, he doesn't get as much credit for how thick and athletic he is. And he's strong. And you can't just, like, bear hug him. He's going to get out of that. Right. So what, is, what was Max Crosby supposed to do? It worked out. Situation. Um, but, yeah, I, I agree. I just, I think we're in a world where Half happy league. They want you know chicks take the long ball. We need points, <laughs> points, points. Everybody's right. taking the over. You know, but we also love we're 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 a gladiator society. That's yeah. why we love this sport. We want to see dudes get smoked. Yep. And so we like to see sacking the quarterback. But you're asking defenders to do that. We want the blood and guts. But then the NFL's trying to protect the quarterback. Right. We so want. Like, what, what, <laughs> What do you do? <laughs> what do we do? Right. I, I don't know what the I don't know what the answer is, and I, and I applaud the NFL for trying to protect players. You know, like I, I still just want to throw up every time I think of like watching Tua, you know, get up and fall to the ground, yeah. and then his, you know, his hands and that 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 posture was horrific to see. So I, I agree with the NFL protecting players, but sometimes it's it's a little ridiculous that um, it's it's certain positions are protected, not everybody. Right. It's just such a gray area. It's just so tough to determine what's legal, what's not legal, what's right, what's wrong. So uh, good luck, defenders. Do do your best that you can, yeah. I guess, because, uh, yeah, that's all you can really do right now. Again, Amber Theo Harris is our guest here on Raider Nation Radio 920. So with the Raiders on a bye week, and it's a short bye week because of the Monday night football game, what do you think the most important thing for them to do this bye week and coming out as they prepare for the Texans next week? I think just keep that killer instinct. You know, and I think – Keep the killer instinct. Uh, go out there with the idea that winners know how to win, um, and that everybody I think needs to evaluate themselves and be looking at film throughout this bye week and say what was one, two, three things I could have done personally to change the outcome of that play. What is the so it's really going micro. You know, it's the mm-hmm. details at this point. What are the, the like every single player in their head should come out of the bio week saying, here's a handful of things that I know I could have done better to change the outcome of the last couple of games. And then once you have that, they each have that and take that responsibility, then you're going to see those tweaks 
made along with, with that killer instinct, which I think this team has. Right. They can play from behind. They can score points, um, you know, especially with Devontae Adams out there. But just don't get away from who you are. The identity of this team is very clear to everybody. And I said this a couple of weeks ago, when yeah, I don't do. think it was clear to the Raiders. It's clear. Right. Run the football. And when you think you don't need to run it, run it some more. Mm-hmm. And then that is going to open up everything for Devontae Adams and get Hunter Renfro involved. Now, whether or not, you know, Devontae is out there against the Houston Texans because of possible discipline from the league. Right. Um, we don't know. But don't try to, don't say, okay, we've got this shiny, great toy and he's got this relationship with Carr and we got to go to, we got to use him. You know, we paid him this money. No, do what you do best. Stick to who you are, and that is you've got a bell cow running back, and you know how many teams in the NFL wish they had a guy that can play every down like that? Like, no. They, they do, what, do what you do best. Run it. No doubt. No doubt. You know, Amber, i got to give you credit. You did identify Josh Jacobs as the identity of the team and running the rock. You did identify that before anybody. I was still asking the question, you know, what's the identity of the team? And I remember you telling me specifically, it better be Josh Jacobs and just run the ball. That's, that's how they can butter their bread right there. So i got to give you credit for that. And I know you actually got to sit down with Josh Jacobs and have a little conversation with him about ball, about life, you know, just everything. What did you take away from Josh, just the, the person he is? He's tough. Man, is he, he's a tough guy that life humbled very early in his childhood, experiencing homelessness, but he was blessed with a father that was an amazing person that fought so hard to, to pull his kids as a single father out of the situation that he was in. And I think Josh was very blessed to have that in his life and knows he was very blessed and learned a lot from his father about kind of rolling with the punches while you're fighting adversity. And I think he's very even keeled because of that. Mm-hmm. He, he told me, you know, things come and go. There's ups and there's downs. And he's the perfect leader in a time like this because of that. He ain't going to get down about this. Like, this isn't, this isn't the worst he's faced in his life. When he was sleeping in a car with five siblings, that was the worst. So he has perspective that I think offers leadership. And he, he told me, he said, I tell my teammates, like, 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 let me carry you. Like, it is my job to carry this team. He really sees it as it is his job to go out there and carry this team. And he's, he's just a cool, he's, I say kid, I'm older than all of them. You know, like, he's just a <laughs> cool young man. Right. You know, he's, 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 um, he's very likable. He's funny. He cooks uh, Filipino food. He's very proud of his Filipino heritage. Mm-hmm. Um, I just really, I just really, really liked him because I felt like I learned something from him of how I can be better and how I can have more perspective and roll with the punches better. And I think maybe some of his teammates, even though he's so young, he's really an old soul in that sense. And maybe some of his teammates can learn from him as well that can make them stronger. I'll tell you, he's an easy guy to root for, right? I mean, just knowing. Oh man, <laughs> knowing his story. He's a good man. Yeah. He is. You can tell he's just a good man. Uh, He's just thankful. He lives. He lives uh, in a world of like gratitude. Um, with a lot of people that experienced homelessness, you know, my my co-host and dear friend uh, James Jones experienced the same thing growing up. Mm-hmm. And it 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 definitely you know it's funny that you know you know somebody that went through that. They're some of the toughest yet kindest, most grateful people that you will know, and they're just a pleasure to be around both of them. And um, 
Yeah, I really, I really, I fell in love with Josh Jacobs as a human. Uh, it's easy to fall in love with him as a player watching him on the field, but if you get to know him, uh, you'll fall in love with him as a human. No, you really do. And really, when I see him out there running, I feel like he's back in the car, right? The car that he's sleeping in. And that's just, I mean, the, the, the way he runs, the anger that he runs with, it's just, you know what I mean? It's just, it, to me, it seems like all the adversity he's dealt with, he takes it out on the football field. Whether he says that or not, it just, to me, watching from, you know, the press box or through the TV or whatever the case may be, it just feels like all that is coming out on the field. And it's it's a pleasure to watch. And he's, like I said, a really good dude to, to, uh, to root for and, and that when you sat down and got to talk with them, I thought that was a really good uh, job that you did as well. So uh, I could definitely appreciate that. Well, thank you. Absolutely. No, great job. And uh, I know, you know, as a parent and I know you're a parent as well, uh, those kind of stories could be a little touching as well. You know, I mean, sometimes, like I said, Oh man, <laughs> yeah, I get emotional thinking about I it. Like, I just wanted to hear him talk. <laughs> I just kept listening to him, you know, and you're doing an interview that's for TV and you don't want anybody to see you crying. Right. But you know, you're like, okay, just get this next question out because it really touches you. It does. Um, to hear, like, you just wonder how where do people get that toughness from? It's just like, man, to go through something so, you know, devastating and, and just to be positive. Come out and not hate the world. Just be positive. And he is. Yep. Pretty cool. Yeah, it is. It's really cool. Like I said, great job with that uh, conversation you had with him, and great job like you do all the time, Raiders.com, SiriusXM Radio. You're doing a little bit of it all. What do you got coming out that I need to be on the lookout for? You know what I'm doing this week? I'm doing nothing. I'm doing <laughs> nothing on the bye week. I know, that's right. I told myself, <laughs> I said, Amber, don't do And, of course, I did my SiriusXM shows. You can always catch me on SiriusXM. Uh, Fantasy Sports Radio Mondays and Tuesdays, and uh, Sirius XM NFL Radio. Uh, follow me on Twitter at uh, at Amber Theo Harris. You can follow me on Instagram at Amber Theo. So I keep everybody posted. There you, you go. know when I'm when I'm going on and what you can see. But uh, yeah, I'm just catching up on some of my films. You know, I've got the documentaries, so those are always going on, uh, always a work in progress. And then I'm gonna I'm gonna clean out the garage. I've been saying I need to clean out the garage. So that's what I'm doing this bye week. It's the glamorous life, you. Nice. Hey, hey, somebody's got to do it, right? Somebody's got to do it. <laughs> so It ain't doing itself. Exactly. My kids damn sure aren't doing it. Man, I say that all the time. It ain't going to clean out itself, man. Nobody else is going to do it. Yep. I'm right there with you. Man, we, we are too much alike, Amber. We are way too much alike. But uh, great stuff as always. I definitely appreciate you. Enjoy your time, and thanks for giving us so much time this afternoon. Pleasure. Thank you. There she goes. Amber Thea Harris, Sirius XM. Radio, also Raiders.com, does a fantastic job. There's a lot of work she does with James Jones and uh, many of the Raiders on Raiders.com. You can check her out all season long covering the silver and black. And, of course, we're here at Buffalo Wild Wings. Come on by. We just hooked up a bunch of prizes. I mean, literally just gave out a ton of stuff, but we still have a lot more left of where that came from. As a matter of fact, so funny, we had a, a, a hat, a Raiders hat that had, it was a Coors Light hat. It was a really nice hat. And uh, a young lady looked at it, and then she said, wait a minute. I don't wear hats. So shout out to Tanisha. She said, I ain't putting no hat on this on this hair. <laughs> so she said, uh, at least not right now. So I, I can respect that. But, uh, yeah, come on by, get hooked up, and uh, and hang out with us. Of course, we have uh, Jason Horowitz coming up, Raiders play-by-play voice at 3.30. But uh, got some really good texts as well that I wanted to get to on the text line at 69187, keyword R&R. Got one text from the 415 said, wrong. 
How in the world can a referee or replay analyst determine how many of 300 pounds did not land on Carr? The left-hand attempt to brace is a bogus argument. Jones literally bounced off of Carr's body and could have ended his season. It only takes 25 pounds of pressure to break a collarbone. When it comes to the body weight rule, it's four years old. Buffalo Wild Wings is the spot. It is North Las Vegas with Radio Nation Radio 920. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness, live from Buffalo Wild Wings. Here's your boy Q. Did we really just have Bye Bye Bye? Was that our rejoin music? Did we just have a boy band as our rejoin music? Yes, we did. What are we doing here? Uh, because our next guest, Jason Horowitz, when he was a uh, bar mitzvah DJ, he said best move would get the party going. Unbelievable. You've influenced Damon like that. Unbelievable. All right, well, we got to have a talk later. <laughs> Join us now on the phone lines as I'm live at Buffalo Wild Wings right now. Is the voice of the silver and black. That's Jason Horowitz. And Jason, thanks for your time. Have you seen how you've influenced Damon now? I have, and you know what? You need to give him a raise. That, that, is, that is quality producing. That is somebody who wants to bring the boy band to, because uh, Damon is a big UFC guy. He clearly knows his uh, audience. Uh, clearly, even Raiders fans who don't want to admit it, they all love to think because they're entertaining. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I, think, uh, I think, you know what I learned this week? I didn't know this. I probably should have known this as someone... So Harry Styles is like he and Justin Timberlake are basically the same, right? Because Justin Timberlake was hugely successful with NSYNC, and then obviously a separate career. Harry Styles like sold out Madison Square Garden fifteen times, and he was a big part of One Direction. I mean, listen, we're all about educating people here, right? I guess so. I guess so. Now, uh, we're on now the same I, page. I, yeah, we're all on the same page. And it's the bye week. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> Everyone's on the same page but me, but that's okay. I'm not mad. We'll, we'll make it work again. We're talking with Jason Horowitz here on Raider Nation Radio 920. And let's say rough this. So, Jason, it is the bye week. So what does yeah. the voice of the Raiders do during the bye week? I know you got a lot of things you work on, but what are you doing during the bye week? Well, I'm fielding questions from friends about whether or not Devontae Adams is going to be suspended, yeah. uh, which I have no insight to. Uh, I've been asked a lot about what it was like to be at Arrowhead for the first time, which, by the way, the answer is pretty cool um, and very hostile, but awesome tailgating considering they have nothing but a stadium and a parking lot. Um, and I, honestly, I actually started my Texans chart because uh, next week there's a, it's, a, it's a busy week, and uh, believe it or not, college basketball season starts in three weeks. Right. So that's right around the corner. Uh, and so it's kind of been a whole bunch of that stuff. So it's, uh, it's uh, you know, the week got started late because it was Monday Night Football. But, uh, you know, it hasn't really been that. It hasn't, other than the fact that I'm not coming to see you, it hasn't <laughs> felt that drastically different. <laughs> right. Well, you'll see us soon enough. You'll see us week seven at Allegiant Stadium at the Torch. We always uh, meet up there. And so uh, before you came on, we were talking about the Chris Jones sack. We had Amber uh, Theo Harris on, and she was talking yeah. about she didn't think that that was a sack. I mean, she didn't think that was a penalty. I didn't think that was a penalty. But you're calling the play. You know, obviously it went for the Raiders. I'm not mad at the call. It went in the Raiders' favor. They ended up getting three points out of it. I just thought that uh, that was a tough call on, on Chris Jones. And I think that it's tough for defenders to – you know, know what a, what a, what they can do and what they can't do. So when you saw that sack, uh, when you called Chris Jones' sack, it was a strip sack, and then it wasn't. It was a penalty. What did you think when you saw it? So so we talked about it on the air, uh, and Lincoln agreed that no way should that have been called a penalty. And now, I, look, we, we did know the aspect of the fact that you, a defender cannot put all their weight on a quarterback. That, that rule that was put in place a couple years ago. Right. But he had the ball in his hand. You know, like, that's the other part. 
And and even if look, you could ask, I think you could talk about this from two different ways. Number one, do the rules need to be adjusted? Which as as my my former um, analyst for college football, Ross Tucker, who, who's done a lot of NFL stuff too, as he has talked about all week long, the owners are not going to hurt the product and the right. product because quarterbacks sell ratings and stars in the game. They're not going to do anything to hurt that, so they're not going to change the rule. But I look. I, I laid back in my hotel room. I watched Chris Jones' press conference afterwards. It is in the locker, and the questions of like, what am I supposed to do? Are legitimate questions. Nobody has any idea what Grady Jackson was supposed to do. I don't think anybody has any idea what Chris Jones was supposed to do. And 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 for that matter, in the same game, not that it should have been called roughing the passer. But Denzel Perryman, after Patrick Mahomes dropped that ball late in the game in the red zone, yep. uh, right before Travis Kelsey's third touchdown, that was more aggressive than Chris Jones' sack. So I, I, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's absolutely a problem that the NFL has, but they don't really have to do anything because they've doubled down on the fact that that should have been called a penalty all week long. They've doubled down on that. Right. Exactly. They, ha- they really have. And again, I think people get it. Twisted. I, I'm not mad that they called it on Chris Jones. I mean, I'm glad it went in the Raiders' favor. It's about time they got a penalty called in their in their favor. But I just I feel for a guy like Max Crosby or Chandler Jones because I feel like at some point it's going to happen to them. Oh, no right. question. Exactly. No question. And you know what? The other crazy part is for you know for the for the for the Chiefs' perspective. I mean, that was still absolutely discussed throughout the course of a uh, post game in this week, and deservedly so it didn't end up costing them the game somehow. <laughs> right. Um, but, but, you know, there, are, there were so many things, Q, on Monday that, that on their own probably could have been talked about as the lead on the next day for talk shows, first take type shows, whatever, NFL this morning. They, they, they all could have been talked about on their own as the biggest thing. The decision to go for two by Josh McDaniels. The decision by Andy Reid to go for two yes. when they were up by seven. Um, you know, the fourth and one play, the Devontae Adams postgame as- aspect of things, the Chris Jones aspect of things, and, oh, by the way, the game itself. <laughs> and, oh, by the way, Travis Kelsey's four touchdown grabs. All of those things on their own could be topic A, and it all happened in one night. Right, exactly. It was a hell of a Monday night, as you very well know, as you were on the call there at Arrowhead Stadium. Again, Jason Horowitz is our guest here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Necessary Roughness. Damon's got one for you. Yeah, mentioning the environment there in Kansas City, how was that like on the call? And more specifically, during halftime, I don't think enough was made of the fact that the Chiefs fans were throwing things at the Raiders players. So was that one of the more hostile aspects that you were part of calling the game? So I have called hostile college environments. Um, which, uh, you know, as, as you can attest to being in the state of Texas, <laughs> uh, yes. can get atrocious, frankly. Yep. Yep. Uh, and so I have seen things that, you know, been around those type of environments from that perspective. Um, but we, but, you know, we were late to get to break for halftime. You know, NFL halftimes are so fast that our goal is to get to commercial and get to Tim Case for halftime uh, within 20 to 30 seconds of it getting to zeros on the clock. Because he's got the halftime report to get to, all the commercials they have to get in. And because we were late getting it to him, you know, we didn't even get it back till five seconds before the third quarter. And Daniel Carlson was ready to kick off. And so we kind of had to backtrack. But we, the reason we were late getting to halftime 
was because I did notice that trash was being thrown at the players, trash was being thrown on the field, and addressed that, and even mentioned the fact that one of the Raiders heading into the locker room threw it back into the stand. Now, from our vantage point on the ninth floor, ninth deck, whatever you call it, I couldn't see who threw it. I, could, I couldn't tell. But you could see it coming all over the place. So I did mention that and thought it was important in painting that picture. Um, but the talk in the press box, guys, at, at halftime was all the same, whether it was the people covering the Raiders, whether it was people covering the Chiefs, whether it was people, frankly, who are NFL Films people. Nobody thought that was a good call. Uh, but the other most talked about thing was the fact that Roger Keemer's face mask gifted the Chiefs three points, which, oh, by the way, turns out in the end, that's your ball game. Yep, yep, I agree. I, I mentioned it right when it happened. I promise you, man, I, I said it right when that penalty happened. I said that's going to put the Chiefs in potential field yep. goal range. And, and it they... wasn't a makeup call either, by the way. It was no. face mask and horse collar. It was, right. probably should have gotten 30 yards. <laughs> <laughs> right. No, you're, you're right about that. I mean, it was they were both right there in front of us. So, uh, yeah, that, that was a, a, a bad call, and obviously it gave the, the Chiefs three points. Now, they had to hit the 59-yarder, which they did. But no question. It still put them in position. Again, Jason Horowitz is our guest. Here he's the voice of the Raiders here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary roughness. So they're one and four. They're in the bye week. Of course, that's not the record that they wanted, and that's not, I'm sure, the way you wanted to start out your uh, your play calling yeah. career either. You want you know all these exciting games. They just haven't ended the way that the Raiders wanted. But have you seen improvement as you're calling these games? Have you seen the improvement from the team week to week? Oh, I'm totally improving week to week. Yeah, Lincoln <laughs> and I are great. He and I are playoff ready. We are we are on top of our head. Um, I, I, you know, I, so yes, the answer I think is yes, um, from a lot of different perspectives, but at the same time, you know, as one thing gets better, there are other things that don't, um, you know, the penalties that were not there the first three, four weeks, in fact, they had six penalties at Tennessee, not a single offensive penalty, or excuse me, not a not a single defensive penalty. Right. There were six offensive penalties. But in the but in the game, you know, that just happened at Kansas City, it was the complete opposite. And, in the, you know, in part, frankly, we could talk about the fact that it actually cost them the game. So, so on one hand, yes, I think you'd like to say absolutely they're getting better. And on the other hand, all those things that Josh McDaniels and company preached about in the offseason, mm. and the Raiders seem to be getting better at, have all you know in one night kind of kind of fell apart and so yeah i think we all think they should be three and two right they, they probably should be three and two arizona absolutely right and they probably sh- you know this is hard to say against the team that's won the division six years in a row and has beaten the raiders 16 out of the last 19 they probably should have won monday night no doubt no doubt that that yeah that should have been a win they were dominating that game you know I, I would even argue that they probably should be at this point maybe four and one right just with the games the way that they play they just yeah been, i mean i would say so but, it, but you know the, but they trailed the entire game in tennessee and it would come back the whole time and uh you know they were down 14 at the half of the chargers so like okay yeah, you could true. argue that sure but the cardinals game is the biggest blown lead in franchise history right so that's one right and the titans game is right there or excuse me the uh, chiefs game is you know, we all we all kind of feel the same way. So, um, you know, good news is from a from a if people who look at the schedule and say, "Hey, you should win this. You should win this. You should win this." There's a chance to get to four and four, five and four, six and four, whatever. Um, 
but they have to do that. And as from the beginning of our conversation, we don't know what's going to happen with Devontae Adams. Right. You know, no, nobody knows. There's some injuries they have to deal with. Nate Hobbs. Yeah. You know, he came back, and we talked about this on the broadcast. I could see from where I was that one arm had a white sleeve and the other hand had a black club. Yep. Um, so, you know, we had gotten word that he was questionable to return with what was called a hand, or maybe it was called a thumb. I'm not, I don't remember what the, the PR department sent us. Um, but, but, you know, how does that injury play itself out moving forward? Because he has been the best cornerback. Yep. So there's a lot There's a lot there. And, yeah, they should beat the Texans. They, 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 they should beat the Saints. They, they should beat the Jaguars. But that's a lot of shoulds to get to 500. Right. Agreed, 100%. DeMond's got another one for you. Yeah, something that we've been talking about all week because Coach Josh McDaniels mentioned it about going into the bye week, something that, the, you know, identify what the team does well, something that the team needs to improve on, and something that the team just needs to maybe scrap altogether. Can you give me the three things from what you've watched in these first games before the bye week, Ooh. what the team needs to, what you can identify that they do well, what they need to work on, and what they need to get rid of altogether? They run the ball really well. Mm-hmm. I, you know, like the last two weeks, you know, we focused so much on, on, on Josh Jacobs because he had career high in, in both games. But, um, but those are against Denver at the time. I don't know what they are today. But at the time, they were the second-best scoring defense in the top-five runch defense. And he ran for a career high. And Kansas City was giving up 66 yards a game on the ground. And he rushed for another career high. And, like, yeah, there's a 38-yarder in there. But he was rubbing off seven, six, seven, eight yards on a regular basis. So they run the ball really well. Um, they're, for the most part, pass protecting pretty well. So, like, all of that is there. They do not cover the middle of the field very well. That's got to change. I think, I think everyone has seen that. Um, that part drastically needs to be a little bit different. And what was the third one, Damon? I'm sorry. What do they need to just get rid of? Like, hey, this isn't working. Let's stay away from it. Oof. I I don't know. Do you, what, what do you have for the third one? What would you scrap? Uh, for me, it's the jet sweep with Devontae Adams. Anything <laughs> like yeah, all, uh, could, yeah, okay. If we're gonna go that specific, I can see that. Yeah, but but I would be, I'd be willing to to bet. I'd be willing to bet that that is setting something up for week 10, 12, yeah. 13, or whatever. Where whether it's a jet sweep to Devontae and a throwback to Derek, who then throws it downfield for Mac Hollins. You know, which we by the way, we've seen that sort of. Um, so I guarantee that is trying to set something up for later in the season. But to your point, if they're three and nine, it doesn't matter. So uh, I don't think they're going to be three and nine. But but if, you know what I mean. You get the point. Right. No, my my big one, Jason, was just the the uh, unforced you know bad decisions and and the and the yeah. unforced penalties and you know stuff like that. The the Jermaine Illuminor penalties is what I've been calling them because he seems like the untimely stuff is is on Illuminor and, and and some penalties like that that have come back to bite him. Even even the Teamer penalty, I mean that was a bad one at the worst time. So for me, that was just that stuff has got to be eliminated because again, that was you something know, that jo- Josh McDaniels talked about. You know, on the Roger Teamer thing, it kind of fits some of the other stuff in the Denver game, um, even in the win. And there, there were so many things that they did well. There were a couple of times, and in the Tennessee game, when they were down, there were times in the fourth quarter where Lincoln and, and even I think JT talked about it in the postgame show about the confusion, the fact that they had to huddle, um, some of the things that it was taking a long time that seemed like they didn't necessarily weren't all on the same page. And, and that goes into the Roger Teamer play. You, right. the, if you go back and watch that play, 
there were, you know, there were a lot of players who weren't positive what they were supposed to be doing with 17 seconds left. Mm-hmm. How close to the line of scrimmage? How far away? You know, who should be where? And, and, and Lincoln talked about that after that penalty, that they were not aligned correctly. And so I think that goes into the bigger picture of the mistakes you're talking about. Maybe just a communication or a confusion factor. Yeah, and Lincoln pointed out to us that there was only 10 guys on the field on that play. I think that's what he said. Yeah, that sounds right. Yep. Never mind. That sounds right. Yep, exactly. I mean, that's that's enough. That tells me all I need to know about the communication. So that's got to be something that's got to be improved, or they just got to eliminate the bad communication, I guess, if you're trying to nip it in the butt. But, uh, yeah, there you go. Well, uh, you know, there's a, there's some time off until the Texans game at Allegiant Stadium, but uh, the Raiders need to lick their wounds. Oh, the final question for you. Let me ask you this. Darren Waller left with a hamstring injury. I don't, I don't know anything. I haven't heard how severe it is, but how bad is that if, if Waller can't come back anytime soon? I mean, it's mitigated if Devontae Adams is not suspended. Um, it is a massive problem, I would think, if he is. Yeah. Um, because, you know, the Raiders, um, I'd have to go back and look specifically at the game book, but, but I believe that Darren only played six plays. Six snaps, in yep. the In the is that what it was? Six snaps, yep. right? So probably, yep. you know, he maybe he wasn't supposed to be on the field for one of the... But that basically means that he was done on the early part of the second drive. And so that means that they scored all of those points against one of the best defenses in the league, at least statistically, mm-hmm. without him. So the point is that as great as he is, as important of a weapon as it seems to be that he is, they clearly can show that with Matt Collins... And Josh Jacobs running the way that he is, and they're using. I love, I love the fact that they're using. It was Justin Haran last uh, against the Broncos, and then this week both Illuminor and Munford. It's helping them run the ball so well, and right. you're shocked that more teams don't do that. But you know, you're not going to pass out of it. But if you're getting seven, eight yards a clip, great. But but part of that was because when Waller got hurt, the only tight end left because after you remember Foster Morrow wasn't playing either. Yep. The only tight end left on the roster at that point was was um, Jesper Horsehead. Yep. So it was kind of out of necessity. But if Waller's hamstring is, is long-term or long enough and Devontae is suspended, whew, that Texans game, guys, is a little hairier. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah, that needs to be cleaned up quick, fast, and in a hurry in a major I'd way. I'd run the man. ball 65 times. That's what I would do. <laughs> hey, they've done it. They've done it. Josh McDaniels has dialed it up before. We know that. So. I know. <laughs> it, uh, you know, do we think we could, you know, you, maybe we could blow in. Look, we've got a great, beautiful stadium. Yep. But it wouldn't hurt to blow in 30-mile-an-hour winds to force somebody to run the football 35, 40 times, right? <laughs> Just open the windows. Open those Lanai windows. They haven't been open before. Let's open them up. See what happens. <laughs> so Almighty winds are coming. <laughs> that's right. The autumn wind. It's a Raider. There you go. The autumn well, wind is a Raider. So, so you saw that shirt, by the way, from the friends at Homage. They yes. got that shirt, by the way. It's absolutely beautiful. Might be the, uh, an autumn wind is a Raider. But then there's also that movie with, uh, uh, what's the heck is his name? Eugene Levy, right? The Mighty Wind. Yeah. The parody on, like, uh, the traveling golf. That's fantastic, too. Nice. Roll both in the door. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jason, we, we appreciate you as always, my man. Enjoy your uh, your bye week. I know you're still working as, as we are as well. But uh, thanks so much, man. We'll, we look forward to seeing you at Allegiant Stadium next week. All right. Somebody buy that man dinner. Get That's both right. of them dinner. There you go. There you go. We got them. We're going to get them dinner here at uh, Buffalo Wild Wings because that's where we're at. So we're going to get you hooked up as we've been getting everyone hooked up. Many thanks to Jason Horowitz. A lot of great stuff right there. 
uh, with the voice of the silver and black. Well, we got we got Testa, we got Topo Chico walking around with uh, some drinks to test them out. My man Jared has tried like five of them already, so uh, they're going to still have some for you as well. But come on by. Not only do we have prizes, we have shirts, we have jerseys, we have sweatshirts, we have onesies, we have everything you need, hats, got everything. But there's also uh, some samples going around here as well. Buffalo Wild Wings is the spot. It is North Las Vegas for Radio Nation Radio 920.